Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Uh, it's going well, really well, because we're getting so close to real so football. Close. About 10 days. Mm. Around 10 days. About eight days when this podcast comes out, right? Well. Which would mean nine days. <laughs> Very good math. Yeah, well, dude. Arith- <laughs> arithmetic is my strong suit. Absolutely. 10 minus one is nine. I thought it was eight. Nine minus one <laughs> is eight. There you go. That, my friends, is called arithmetic. Mathematics. Yeah. Well, or arithmetic. Or arithmetic. Or mathematics. Either way. Both. I don't even need anyone to do this abacus either. Just. Did it all in my head. That's, no fingers, no toes. That's Look astonishing. Mm-hmm. 10% genius. <laughs> <laughs> IQ of about 16. The other ni- <laughs> What's the other 90%? <laughs> uh, you know, like a lot of fantasy football stuff up there. Um, got a little baseball information. Mm. You know, Baker Mayfield. Got a little that up in there, too. Yeah. What about some World War II, right? A little bit of World War, or oh, no, no, World War I. Dude, know a lot about World War I. Yeah. Dan Carlin, know a lot about the cons. You know, Genghis Khan. Yeah, it's all up there. there Roman Roman history, that's in there too. I like history. It's some, nice. Some aqueducts and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, real nice. Yeah, the mighty nice. ducks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, the flying V. So uh, today we're talking. Quack, quack, quack. We figured as we get to the season, you know, what a better way, because next week's our bold prediction episode. Right? So bold. Going to bust out those balls. Oh, yeah. Shine them up. Give you guys some predictions. Uh, probably be talking some Jarek McKinnon. Just a little foresight. Just a little a bit. foresight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I was just making sure. Yeah, <laughs> Keep yeah. it cleaner, Rich. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I saw that glint in your eyes. This isn't the nerdered episode. <laughs> no, not yet. So um, today we're going to be answering some user, uh, users, listeners' questions uh, to help them get ready for the season. On the nerdered episode, we're talking about what's going on in the NFL because there's a lot going on. Leonard Fournette getting cut. Joe Mixon getting, getting a new deal. What's happening with uh, Alvin Kamara? All that we're going to be discussing on the nerdered episode because – now we got to get all these listener questions. But before we do, let's have a quick word from our sponsor, DynastyOwner.com. That's right. We're running out of time, peeps, to jump on there and join DynastyOwner.com. If you want an opportunity to play Dynasty Fantasy Football in a whole new way, go to DynastyOwner.com backslash nerds, and you too can play Dynasty Fantasy Football using actual NFL salaries. That's right. They are so unique. They have a patent on this for uh format that where you can play using an NFL salary cap and you draft your team using NFL set salaries. So you can fill up your team the best to your ability using contracts. Garrett, you just had a draft. I did. How'd it go? I think I did fantastic. You probably did fantastic. So if you want to be like Garrett Garrett and be fantastic, well get to dynastyowner.com backslash nerds and you can join the league today. And make sure you once you get in there you can email the commission and say you want to get into a nerd herd league so you can play against fellow Dynasty Nerd listeners. So check them out today, dynastyowner.com backslash nerds. Play Dynasty Fantasy Football using actual NFL salaries where you're the coach, you're the owner, you're the GM, you are the shot caller and the baller. I don't know the rest of the words. Mm. I'm baller, baller, high roller, baby. I have no idea what you're baby, saying. Baby. That's a different song than what you were talking about. Yeah, I Chingy, was thinking, man. Uh, Want to be a shot call? A baller, baller shot call. That was, uh, who sang that? I don't remember. Good as a J. Wish I was a baller. 
No. That one? No. That's too short. Wanna oh. be a baller, shot caller. Oh, 20 yeah, inch yeah. rims on the Impala. That's oh, another part okay. of the thing. It's a lot Impala. of different songs. Man, getting older is not fun. You start yeah. forgetting a lot more stuff. But you know what I don't forget ever? That's Dynasty Fantasy Football. Garrett, are you ready to give us some listener questions? Let's do it. So we can give the listeners answers. I hope it has to do with arithmetic because obviously I know what I'm talking Clearly, about. Clearly, you'll be cuts above the, the rest in that department. Yes. Garrett? All right. First let's question off the board is? Let's start Let's start off. Let's warm up. Get a little, little softball. We'll get a loose, little loose. Yeah. Yeah. A little appetizer. A little something to wet your whistle. My tongue got loose. I'm going to look good loose. A little <laughs> I'm sorry, I got a lisp sometimes. Uh, Nathan Gibbs asks, what's your advice for a team that's stuck in the middle year after year? Well, this is easy to answer. First thing you need is a Dynasty GM tool because that's going to tell you if you're really stuck in the middle. And once you realize that when you're stuck in the middle year after year, Matt, Garrett, this is a very simple answer. You blow that bad boy up. You take it, you throw a couple can grenades on it, Put some TNT on it as well, like that fuse, and you blow it up. All assets must go. Full reblowed. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, reblowed. Reblow it. Because once you blow it one time, <laughs> you're gonna need to blow it again. Just to make sure you get every drop of talent out of that roster. Because you need young players and draft capital. Was it the grenade or the TNT that re-blew it? Which one went first? Um, I don't know. You, right. you don't know. It all depends about the fuse. You know, you have one of these long little fuses. It takes, you know, like you see an Acme fuse. It takes like 20 seconds to go by. <laughs> you know, you pull the clip on the grenade. Who knows? Right. Well, the pin, not the clip. Right. I'm all over the place. You don't know a lot about grenades, I can tell. <laughs> well, never threw a grenade before. <laughs> Meaning. Uh, I'm just joking. If I saw a grenade, I would actually go the opposite way of yep. it and not inspect it. So... I think the biggest conception miss problem when you have a middle of the road team, say you have a guy like DJ Moore and like Joe Mixon on the team, for example, you know, you're like, Oh, I got to keep these guys. They're young. No, no, no. You can't do that because how are you going to get all any more assets? Right. Those are your only good assets. So I know you want to build around young players, but you need to grab a lot of up and coming players. So DJ Moore and a guy like Joe Mixon are established. So you need to get guys that, aren't yet established and coming on up. So guys like Preston Williams, Darius Slayton, the go with a whole bunch of draft picks, right? A running back like DJ Dallas that you like yeah. as a throw in uh, on top of a whole bunch of draft picks, draft picks, draft picks, draft picks, because the multiple draft picks are going to put you in the best position to get more DJ Moore, more Joe Mixon. Right. And obviously those are the established guys. Some of the older guys, you should obviously just unload for whatever you can get. Any kind of draft pick compensation you can get. But like you said, well-established guys, you want to get a combo of a young and up-and-coming up guy and draft picks. The nice part about the GM tool is you'll, you'll be able to see exactly where you're at and how far off. Because sometimes a, a team that's right there year after year just needs to stop being so stingy and finally get that one player that will put them over the top. So that's the nice part about the GM tool is I think you're right. Nine times out of 10, your team probably isn't that good and you just need to blow it up. But sometimes, you know, if you're in a super flex league and you got Lamar, but you just don't have that second quarterback and that's been killing you all, all season long, maybe it might be the time to finally pay up and all right, I'm going to try to get Dak. Like I'm going to use, I have, I have a couple first, I have, you know, different things. I'm going to try to get Dak. That's not always the case, but sometimes you might just be a piece away and you need to stop being so stingy and hoarding all these draft picks and finally utilize them on some good players. And we've said it before a bunch of times, if you are in that particular, you know, circumstance or predicament, it's okay to lose a trade and give up more than the GM tool or more than your intuition would say yeah. in order to make your starting lineup better. 
because that will move you closer to a championship than holding on to those what ifs in the future. And, and what because those what ifs can go either way. You know right. what I mean? And and, and sometimes it's it, you got to overpay to get the sure thing now in order to kind of push yourself over that edge in, into contention. Yeah, either you're rebuilding or you're going for the ship. And when you're going for the ship, you shouldn't be afraid to dispose of all your draft picks. That's what you or, said. You have a you have a couple teams where you literally have like I have a four three years from now. That's all I have left. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I have no like just even get extra depth, like giving up a second uh, next year for OJ Howard or a twenty two second, a twenty twenty two second to get OJ Howard. Just grabbing depth as well, or guys I think might have value down the road. Um, the go that are younger assets as well. But I in one league. I gave away all my draft picks for the next two years, including this year, just because my team is ready to win. And I want to make sure I have the depth definitely with, with what's going on with COVID. So either to me, it's always two ways to look at it. Either you're going in or you're rebuilding, either you're trying to win or you're rebuilding. And if you feel like you can win, maybe like the GM doesn't says you're the fourth best team, but you feel like you still have a shot. So it doesn't mean you necessarily have to have the best team, but you feel like your team's for sure going to make the playoffs. You can get in and you can go for the title. And then maybe if you feel like it's, it's, it's close, you do get in the playoffs and you're one and done, then you're like, okay, this off season's time. To, it's time to rock and, and blow it up. And week ones, the first couple of weeks of the season is a great time to blow up your team because that's the time where you actually get draft picks. It's yep. like early in the year, you can start getting these 21 draft picks and the 21 classes would be fantastic right now in the off season. You know, every people just had a rookie draft. People are still a little bit less tentative to give away a 21 first or a 21 second. But once that season starts and somebody actually has an injury on their roster or somebody has to hold out for the season or they're going to miss a couple weeks, it's way easier to move a player, definitely an older player, to get that 21 first because now people are laser focused on winning. Winning. It's actually within their sights. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Moving on to our next question. Uh, Matt Conway asks, it's a long question, but more or less, discuss your strategy for taxi squads. You know, sometimes you, you draft a lot of rookies and you're wanting to put some of them on there, but you're worried about, you know, at some point I'm, I'm probably going to want to move them up. What kind of strategy do you guys use with your taxi squads? How does all of that work in your leagues? So um, all the leagues that Rich and I are in, we basically have a two-year taxi squad. So, you know, you obviously have to worry about your, your down-the-road team and if you're going to be able to squeeze all these assets onto your team. But it never, it would never hinder me in, in as far as drafting too many players because I'll find a way to either move somebody off my active roster. There's always a couple of guys at the bottom of my roster that I, I, I they're just kind of high upside, kind of shot in the dark kind of guys that I know I can cut if I need to bring somebody off my taxi squad. So like, like I said, I, I've never, I've never come to the point where I've had a restriction as far as taking too many draft picks in a trade or anything like that, thinking I can't get them on my, my roster at some point. Yeah, Texas squad has to be unlimited in my eyes. Whatever MFL or whatever they let you do, you have to let it be unlimited because otherwise you're just you're hindering trades. Like I can't make that trade for rookie picks. I have no room in my taxi squad. That's it's silly. You know, I mean you shouldn't put a cap on how many like draft picks you could trade for because all that's going to do is help free agency down the road because they can't bring them all up on their roster right. or promote mo more trading because you're going to trade for some of those rookies on there. I, and I'm with Matt. I love to have guys on my roster that I could bring up, bring down like running backs, you know, and I like the two year window because you can play with it. Right. Right. And to bring a guy up, usually you have to cut somebody. Yeah. You can play with it and you can, you can plan ahead. That's why, that's why I love the two year rule as well. Um, 
you know, you, you can, I, I always have like a kind of in the back of my head, Hey, at the end of this year, I'm going to have to take up, bring at least four guys off my taxi squad. Cause these guys are locks and up to maybe seven or eight, depending on if, if a couple of these guys show a little this year and where am I going to be able to do that? How am I going to be able to do that? Am I going to have to unload some of these vets just so I can bring these guys up next year? That's kind of always how my mind is working and percolating as far as between my taxi squad and my regular roster. And there's strategy there too. You have a guy like Jonathan Taylor who might be on your active roster. And then all of a sudden there's, there's a good waiver wire, but you have nobody else to cut. You get, you can put him back down on the taxi squad right. uh, for a week or two to see how that player plan out and the reason it is two years by the way is because you need to let a player develop again you just can't have, you can't have all these draft picks and force them onto somebody's roster it's just not fair to let them just sit there wait to see how they pan out when most players take honestly about two years to develop so if you you should know what you have within two years right. of a taxi squad uh, one of my favorite uh, things to do here if you still play with kickers in your league uh, is the Matt O'Hara strategy here where you draft a kicker yep. every year that way you can leave you're not over rostering on your roster two kickers you have one active kicker and the other one's a rookie that you could bring up for that one bye week and then put them right back down afterwards yeah and a lot of times you know obviously we have six round rookie drafts so by the six by the time the six round comes in our drafts they're they're the well is pretty much dried up so occasionally I don't, I don't advocate it all the time for everyone, but my rosters tend to be pretty full. So that's why I started doing that move a few years back, just drafting a kicker here and there, just so I wouldn't have to cut somebody and move somebody up and down just for a kicker's bye week, which I thought was pretty silly. Do any of your guys' leagues uh, have limitations on the taxi squad as far as like once you bring somebody up, you can't you know demote them once again? Ours have always been fluid okay. as far as as long as you're within that two year realm, you know, you're a rookie or a second year player, you can bring them up and put them down as many times yeah, as you I, want. I get a real politician like when I get into a league, like, and they're like, I remember you talking about in the one league. Yeah. And they're like, hey, you know, we're going to put a limit of like seven taxi squads. And I, I go in the same ramp. I'm like, no, why? Like, what are you doing? Like, then you're we're literally limited trades here. Like, I'm never going to trade for rookie picks because I can't. What's the point? Where am I going to put them? I don't have a taxi squad. We've been playing Dynasty, Matt, for going on 17 years, you know, and we involved before there was any Dynasty websites and before there was MFL or anything like right, that. Right, we, we were tracking them on spreadsheets and stuff like that. So we, we, yeah. we use that time to see what's the best way to – now, again, it's not the best way, but what we figured is at least a standard way to play Dynasty to make it more fun, to promote trades. Again, that's why we do all the 30-man rosters because that way the, the – free agency is really limited and everything has to be done via trade. Essentially, if you want to make your roster, you get to do via trade or through the draft. So the unlimited rookie spots give you plenty of draft picks of draft. You know, again, if you want to blow up your team, you're trying to acquire as many draft picks as possible. So if you're training with multiple teams, you get to each team's draft class, save a five round rookie draft and you get four teams uh, draft class on top of yours. You're talking about 24 players that you can draft and just one draft, right? So you shouldn't be limited there where you have to then choose and decide who you can draft and what's not. It's just, it's silly. It doesn't work. It, it takes fun out of the, out of the league and it promotes less trading and trading's why we play. It's, it's a huge part of dynasty is trading. And it, and it, it makes the, the blow up rebuild so much more difficult as well. If you can't acquire a ton of new, of, of assets and just kind of load your team up for like two or three years in a row in the draft, and sift through all that crap like you got to be able to have all those guys in your taxi squad bring them up as you need bring and bring them up 
promote them, put them down, all that kind of stuff. There's got to be flexibility and fluidity to that taxi squad. It, it could well. cause conflict too, because if you have to, like if you have like twelve rookies, you got to bring up because of just a one year rule or something like that. Like people are going to know it's they're not going to offer you as much because they know you have to bring these rookies up. Like, Absolutely, no, dude. Either that you're going to cut them. Yep. What else is someone give you? I'll give you a fifth. And like you, dude, he's worth a third. You know, it's right. like no. So unlimited taxis. Keep players there. Let them develop two years. Bring them up. Bounce them up, down as much as you want. So kind of sticking with the same theme of talking about rebuilds and taxi squads and all this kind of stuff, Fantasy Recall asks, when you enter a full rebuild and sell off the majority of your assets for youth and picks, how long do you expect to be in rebuild mode for before you'll be aggressive in making a push for the ship? Usually three years. Going into my third year is when I want to start like, making that push towards the playoffs right you know? and and that's ideal you know what i mean ideal. ideally that you would know but at the same time you have to you have to see a couple of hits in those first couple of years to know that in that third year you're going to be making the move so that you have to kind of let the team tell you more so than hey this is the golden rule and the third year you're going to be competing because if you miss on three hit three pictures sure. first the first uh, year of that rebuild you're almost set back another year and it's going to be closer to the fourth year before you're actually actually contending and, and i've seen plenty where it's only been a single year rebuild because they sold and bought assets at the right time right and so you know right before the trade deadline they're acquiring tons of picks and then when rookie fever sets in they trade a lot of those picks for established players and all of a sudden their starting lineup looks fantastic mm -hmm. so you know a lot of it has to do with you know being smart about your maneuvering obviously you're absolutely right Mitt, matt you're, you're you're gonna have to make sure you hit on a good majority of those to be able to have a quick turnaround I think it's tough to say like exactly like it's going to be two years. It's going to be three years. It's going to be like, it's tough to say exactly what it's going to be. Uh, but chances are, if, if you're entering your fourth season, fifth season, you've probably messed up a couple Somewhere. times yep. down the road. Mm -hmm. But there's like a lot of, and again, it's not just when you do the rebuild, it's not just draft picture acquiring. You're, you're acquiring high upside guys, like a guy like JJ or Sega Whiteside, who's, mm -hmm. who's relatively cheap, who right now it could be arguably the number one receiver on the Philly with the regular injury. Yep. So it, it's about making the right moves. We said, like I said earlier, acquiring players and draft picks and what kind of players are you trying to acquire that offer upside? If you already have the young guys, you know, a guy like Jarek McCann, um, who offers you some running back stability, possibly there, uh, young, a guy like DJ Dallas who mm -hmm. has an opportunity, and McFarland in Pittsburgh. So this has some chance. But yeah. guys who guys like who were like first round picks last year, a guy like you trade for, hey, give me yeah, I'll give you DJ Moore, give me two first round picks, two second round picks, give me Paris Campbell and JJ Arcega Whiteside. And it's being smart too about selling those two to three year window guys. Like let's say hypothetically, we'll talk more about it later, you know, the Leonard Fournette situation in, in Jacksonville. You know, now it's the argument is, is it, is it Raquel Armstead? Is it, is it Ozigbo? You know, chances are, could one of those guys hit it, Anything can happen in fantasy football, but chances are their starting running back is not on their team right now. You're not competing this year. If you have one of those guys on your team, sell them ASAP. So that way your net gain will be much better long-term because even if they're okay this year, that doesn't do you any good. Yeah, any spike you take advantage of it. When you're when you're a bottom of the barrel team and you're in rebuild mode, any kind of spike in news would you, you want to use the opportunity to sell, right? All of a sudden Zigbo has no value. All of a sudden now he went from having no value to third round value. Rykel Armstrong went from having almost no value to 
maybe possibly second round value yep. to contenders. I mean, they had Leonard Fournette. So you have to jump on those kind of moments right there. A guy has a really good week one, sell. Absolutely. So, and, and don't be afraid about the repercussions. Just get what you can. You know, you can't be like, oh, it could, get, it could get better. It could, but you're not in position to wait to see if it could get better. You're always just looking for worse. net gain. You're always just looking for net gain. 100%. 100%. Yep. All right. Uh, can you guys, sorry, this is from uh, Stevie Bear underscore 12. Ask, can you guys talk about how you value rookie draft picks versus current players? I like making rookie picks, but one guy in our league always trades away all his picks for current players and never has any picks in the draft. I'm in multiple leagues where I, 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 I always play my team, right? But I always, I'm never afraid to trade my draft picks for proven players. Because it depends each league. I have a league where like some people just love rookie picks, so mm-hmm. they're willing to give up good players for rookie picks. Anytime I can get rid of like in our old league, I gave away all my picks for for players. So it always de- it always depends, right? It all depends what you can you get. Can I get a Robert Woods? What I think is really good value and a borderline wide receiver one for a first round pick, you know? Because we talk about this all the time. There's only so many wide receiver ones. Uh, wide receiver twos are undervalued because people think they're not valuable, but they're a top 24 fantasy wide receiver. That's hard to come by. So, and it's a catch 22, and you got to play it right because everybody's looking for the next great wide receiver, right? Everybody wants that Michael Thomas, that DJ Moore, that AJ Brown, right? And you can usually not, it's hard to trade for those guys. So, the only way to really get those guys is to draft those guys. But at the same time, most of these draft picks, again, there's only a spot for 12 running back ones. There's only a spot for 24 top, you know, or 20 running back one and running back twos. So the league is flooded with talent as it is. There's tons of good players in this league. So for these rookies to come in, they have to surplant somebody to get to that spot. So it's really hard. So to me, every league is a little bit different, but I will always take a good proven player Definitely they're younger over draft picks anytime. Now, granted, it depends if I know it's going to be a top three pick sure. that that differentiates. But once you start getting past that top three uh, draft order, my 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 one, the proven player over that draft pick starts to increase drastically for me personally. Like I want to try and get that proven guy. Like, can I get can I give up two first round picks before, say before this deal for Joe Mixon and like a, a Devin Ozigbo? So, you know, some on those lines mm-hmm. or a, an older running back. Um, and get that proven guy. Yeah, because a lot of times it's addition by subtraction. Because like once you trade that player, what people a lot of people don't realize is now you have to use that draft pick just to fill that position of the player you gave up. So you trade away a DJ Moore, a Joe Mixon. Well, now you need a receiver to replace DJ Moore. So that one draft pick's out the window already. So you need to keep going and add on to that to make it worthwhile to get go. Right. So if I can get the proven player. I would love to get the proven player if it's a good guy. Hence why I always trade, hey, Jarvis Landry, underrated. Can I get it? Can I get him for a solid draft pick? Definitely when the value's down. That's why we do these buy, sell, trade shows mm-hmm. to say, hey, this is where the value is. Use your draft capital. If, and we always use draft capital as comparison instead of player for player. Right. It's the easiest currency. So I, me personally, you guys go next year. I like the proven player over the draft pick probably seven times out of ten. And for me, I'm not going to put a number on how many times out of 10 I like a draft pick. Over. <laughs> give me a number. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a number because I think it, I think for me, it depends on the team. It depends on, like you were saying, the A lot league. of variables. There's so, uh, so 
you know, obviously in a league where you're blowing it up, I, I value picks much more than players. Um, but in a league where I'm contending, I'm not at all afraid to give away my picks. I think you have to be, I guess. So, so to answer the question, I think you have to be fluid with it. I, I don't think you could fall in love and be, um, that narrow minded just to have one way or another. I think you have to diversify your thinking a little bit there and kind of actually even, you know, deal to deal. You kind of almost have to diversify and, and think differently about things and just make sure that it's the end result is you're making your team better. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? If somebody's offering you the moon for a guy that you think is a one year wonder type of guy and you're contending, you and you might be able to get away without having the guy. You, you might still have to make the deal for the for the player. I mean, for for the over the moon picks or whatever. So, just in in order to have a, the long term success of your team. Uh, so it's 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 very fluid, um, and, and it's really on a case by case basis for me. Matt, overall, I I'm I'm in a very similar boat with with you. I think you also have to understand your strengths and weaknesses as a fantasy player. If you do a lot of study, whether that's with analytics or film, and you have a really good hit rate on rookies, then I might be willing to gamble a little bit more on the rookie picks and get some upside. If you tank your rookie drafts every year, stop making rookie picks and trade for guys that you already know are talented. To piggyback off of that, I mean, there was years where I just... I, I don't know what I was doing with the quarterback situation. It was it was early on in, in my, my dynasty years. I would draft and draft and draft, and I just everyone that I drafted, everyone that I liked, everyone that I saw, it just tanked. Yeah. So then I, I was like, screw it. There's I'm not drafting quarterbacks anymore. I'm just going to go out and buy them. Yep. So it might be position by position, like yep. you like I was like you know if you, if you just don't have an eye for that kind of talent when you're when you're watching film, don't be afraid to go supplant. Yeah, <laughs> t- t- trade a draft pick that you would normally use on a quarterback and go get yourself a quarterback, even if it's a little bit of an overpay of what you would have to pay in the draft. You know, if it's a one QB league and you're giving up a, a high second round pick or something like that to get your guy that you're going to have for the next seven years, just go out and do it. You know, like so, it might depend on the position as well. Mm-hmm. It's the right way to say it. It's how you should play dynasty always. Never have a ground set of rules. You know, before it's like, hey, I build around young run, young wide receivers. Now the high end of the draft, it's it's running backs. I, I'm not going to stick to that rule. Like I'm only taking a young wide receiver in the first round. That's what I'm doing because I'm building around my first three rounds of receivers. Well, now. With the running back supply and the way it is, I might lean running back early. So right, that's that's fluid year year to year. It seemed like two mm-hmm. years ago, everyone was like fading running backs. The zero running back thing was the the big thing, and now it's like you better get your running backs early because there's mm-hmm. a ton of wide receiver depth, and you're still getting a great great wide receiver late in startups uh, compared to relatively before. Every, everything changes. Yep. Everything. The same mm-hmm. thing. You want to grab a good tight end. You had to get one of those top five tight ends before because. There is no tight ends after the top five. Now the tight end, we've seen such a growth at that position over the last year and a half that we've never seen in fantasy football, literally in the history of fantasy football, the depth at the tight end position, where before you want to have like, once you got after that five, six to 15 was the same. Well, that's not the case anymore. Now you have one through four, one through six, right around there. Well, the top three, right. but then you have four through eight that are probably really close, and then nine through like fourteen that are close. Just so more, it, more and more of them getting used in the passing game. The NFL as a whole will evolve, and it's copycat league. So once something catches on somewhere, it's it's eventually going to start mm-hmm. leaking its way into all the other um, front offices and, and into all the other teams. And that carries it, over everywhere, even into your startup draft. Like again, like okay, I'm drafting this, then this, then this. It's like no, because you don't know how the draft board's going to play out. If 
there's if there's value in front of your face, and if you drafted four wide receivers straight, but then the, the best player on the board by a long shot is a fifth wide receiver, you take that fifth wide receiver. That's exactly what happened in, in this recent startup. We, we had a really cool startup that we just did with a lot of really, really smart guys in the industry. And uh, that, that was where I was at. I, I took, it was super flex league, took a quarterback in the first round, come around to the end of the second round and running backs are going like crazy. And I, I thought, okay, the three picks in front of me, the three guys there, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, one of those three will be back to me. Three straight picks. It was those three guys. And then it, you know, you know where running back goes, it falls off a cliff after that point. And so Devonte Adams was still on the board. And I was like, gotta I got to take Devonte mm-hmm. Adams comes around the turn. New Hopkins is there. I got to take new Hopkins. It comes back around. Amari Cooper's there. Like I wasn't planning to go zero RB. But when you have three wide receivers that are wide receiver ones fall to you and yeah, you, you got to do what you got to do. And so I, I, I think I think you guys are both spot on. I think this is what we're all alluding to is, you know, at the end of the day, you've you've got to do what you need to do to make your team better. If uh, the person you're trading with super undervalues picks, then you probably should go after picks with that guy. If the guy that you're, you're trading with uh, super overvalues picks. Don't trade him draft picks. You know, it, it's, it's going to be tough. So, or don't, don't take t- draft picks from him. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, so, so it, it is a case by case basis uh, and it, and it takes time. It's not something that you get, you know, if this is your first year of dynasty, it's going to take a little while to kind of figure out some of the ebbs and flows of how all of this works. But that's why we're here. That's why we do the podcast. That's why we have the GM tool is to help you navigate those waters. And, and hopefully you'll, like you said, with the GM tool, something like that can help you avoid the big misses sure um which you know rich and i have both swung and missed on some pretty bad trades early on in our um you know dynasty career so and that's how we learned but hopefully people can learn from us and and through our mistakes anytime you force a situation there's a better chance you're gonna be in the wrong than you're gonna be in the right i mean how many people this year because they wanted to run it back so bad took Keyshawn vaughn over Michael Pittman Jr., over Brian Edwards, over a Denzel Mims, over a T. Higgins, just because they needed a running back. And now you're drafting because of need instead of best player when you don't realize if you would have just taken, for example, a Brian Edwards, here we are two months later, you can trade Brian Edwards for a running back. For the record, I don't think Vaughn's a bad player. He's just a knucklehead. Fair. Continue. Fair. But but we moved them down. Or we yeah. moved both of those guys. And, and I did too. And I but did like too. now yep. you're in a position with these receivers, a guy who's showing up in camp like a Michael Pittman Jr., like Brian Edwards, whose whose value has absolutely skyrocketed. Yep. Um, and a player that we loved. That now the reason you always take the best player available, like Garrett taking Amari Cooper, because now when that person's receiver goes down, he can get a much better running back that was on the board by trading away Amari Cooper because. Now that the season started and you can offer Amari Cooper as a wide receiver one, you can get a running back one that you missed that was like two spots higher previously in the draft. Same thing. Brian Edwards right now. There's there's leagues right now where Cam Akers went sixth, seventh. You can go trade Brian Edwards, who was taken probably 14th, 15th, and 16th, and trade him straight up for for Cam Akers if you wanted to. I would make that move if somebody offered. If I had Cam Akers, somebody's like, "Hey, you want Brian Edwards for Cam Akers?" I'd be like, "Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I do." Sure. And this, and now I was in the same boat. I had Cam Akers ranked higher than Brian Edwards in my rookie rankings, but today I would make that move. It's a fluid situation at all times. Yep. People's values peak, 
and they drop. And just like the stock market, you have to pay close attention by being on Twitter, listening to podcasts, and finding those right angles to buy and right angles to sell. And that's how you build a powerhouse dynasty team. You're constantly making moves. I've said it for years. If you're staying still, if you're staying stagnant, your league mates are going to pass you by. It's a game of moves. You know, you have to make moves consistently in Dynasty. You got to be playing chess when the other people are playing checkers. Word to your brother. Mm-hmm. Hey-o. All right. Next question. Moving right along. John L. I'm actually going to alter his question a little bit because the original question is, at the end of the season, who do you think the number one player at each position will be? I'm assuming it's going to be the same as what we started this year. You know, that's why we have them ranked number one. Yeah. So Michael Thomas. So let's Christian say, McCaffrey, let's say three Travis years, Kelsey. let's say three years from now, Patrick Mahomes. Boom. We're done. Yep, yep. Let's say three years from now. Okay. Project ahead. Projecting ahead. Each of us. Who would you say is your top ranked player at each position? Ooh, this is good. This is going to be good. You, who wants to go? Garrett, you want to go first? I don't, but I will. Clyde Edwards Allaire. Okay. All right. Oh, Matt's that was, going first. <laughs> that was my running back for three years down the road, possibly. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna switch mine. I'm gonna switch mine up. It's gonna okay, it's gonna go be first. it's gonna be George Kittle at tight end. Clyde okay. Edwards Allaire. Uh-huh. Um and wide receiver. Wide receiver stuff. The wide receiver is very tough. That's the most difficult one for sure. So let's get let's let's get um, Patrick Mahomes out of the way because he's going to be the, okay. the top there in three years. Yeah, he's my top. Q, he's all our top QB, yep, right? Absolutely. Um, I was almost going Baker, but but Pat Mahomes is I mean, still Baker be. probably win three Super Bowls over the next three years, so that's probably going to give him the edge. So so Odell. so Mike Williams would be number one. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it took me that long to get to that. <laughs> that's that's it, not that's not who I actually think. You want time to think about it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yep. I'm going at running back Saquon Barkley. Uh, he still has a youth. Um, he still has a talent. Uh, I think three years from now, he still has that like LT mold where he'll still be like running back one but, overall. But three years from now, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to have a 90-catch season. Probably. Okay, I, right. I, my first, <laughs> the first shot that popped in my head was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, by the way. But yeah. I'm going to go Saquon Barkley. All right. Three years from now, so 2024, still like a little bit older, but still like running back one, which is going to be hard to do. But I'm going to go Saquon there. Tight end, obviously George Kittle. Right. Does I mean, anybody going to change from George Kittle? Mark Andrews might be. Nipping. I would say Andrews is. I'm going to go. But Kittle's so young, it would just be hard to see him be dethroned. I would love to go like one of these rookie run wide receivers, like a guy like CeeDee Lamb. But I'm going to go outside the box here. At, okay. I'm going to go young, a young, talented receiver. I'm going to go DJ Moore. Okay. I don't hate that. And, and you? Mahomes at quarterback. Right. Uh, and I think I think you have to go George Kittle. Uh, I have no problem if somebody said Mark Andrews. I think he'll be right in the same echelon. And I would not be shocked at all if TJ Hawkinson is up there as well. But for right now, I think the safe bet is George Kittle. At running, he will be about 30 then. So he's going to be in that Travis Kelsey kind right. of realm. But yeah, I think it's safe. Um, I My first gut instinct was also Saquon. I think he's young enough. He's only going into his third year. So, you know, three seasons from now, it'll only be his fifth. Um, so... It, it's probably it's probably Saquon. If not, I would take Jonathan Taylor, but I'm going to go Saquon. Well, he's dropping tons of balls in camp. He's dropping you saw one report that he dropped four balls over the course of camp. Okay, that's enough for me. <laughs> it's my biggest concern. What I say? What I say when my scouting report, Jonathan Taylor? When, when Philip Rivers checks it down 87 listen, times, my biggest concern is him in a passing game and his drop rate in college was atrocious. It's not going to matter. Okay. Uh, it will matter. Is Derrick Henry your running back one? 
not the same guy. It's gonna matter. Uh, wide receiver, wide receiver is far and away the most difficult. Yeah, that's why when DJ Moore just kind of uh, he's a he's a wide receiver one for me now. He's only twenty three years old, right? So I it's think, easy I think, to see a guy enter at the twenty six year age who dominates. I, I mean, I think DJ Moore is a good candidate. I just I'm not sure with. With the quarterback situation there being so up and tentative there. Teddy, well, dude, well, tentative Teddy's not going to be the quarterback then. <laughs> yeah, so maybe try, maybe it's Trevor Lawrence, right? I mean, three it, years. It's probably you know, it's, it's going to be you know one of the. It's going to be DJ Chark because he's going to get T Law. It very well could be <laughs> DJ Chark. And dude, DJ Chark's about to get a skyrocket. We're going to talk about him. Next it, it might it might be worth buying now. There's so much with how it looks. It. There's so much like uh sh- you know fallout from this Leonard Fournette oh trade gosh. to talk about in this next episode I'm excited they've traded so many pieces uh, so wait, who are you guys receiving uh, it's easy to pick the running back say yeah. Quan Barkley Clyde Edwards tight yeah. end it's easy the receiver is the biggest question mark to I, do I want to say AJ Brown so do I. I just don't know that the volume will ever be there for him to get that high I mean you got to think like obviously you know Julio's out of the picture you know, Michael Thomas by then Drew Brees he's is 31. He, Drew Brees is gone, so he's on to another quarterback. So his situation's not as good. Um, you, you, the one guy, Chris Godwin, is another guy that's Godwin out there is right very now. interesting. But, but Tom, Tom Brady's going to be gone, so right. who's going to be throwing him the ball as well? So I mean, it really Juju just, hasn't. You know, he makes me really nervous. Age wise, he's there, but yeah, Juju's get out of here. Juju's Juju nowhere nonsense. close to being talented enough to be the number one guy, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm so I, I'm left with Mike Williams and AJ Brown, and between the two of <laughs> he them, he said Juju's not talented enough. Mike Williams. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with my gut and go Mike Williams. Nice, love uh, it. I'll, I'll I'll stick with AJ Brown. I'll stick with DJ Moore, followed up by CD Lamb. Yeah, CD's, CD's a good pick. Rager, yeah. a lot of these guys. I feel like class. him and Dak will be together then. Because I'm, what I'm thinking is, like, to be that number one receiver, you got to be about 26, 27 yep. for right. the most part. To be number one. It's, so it's really these rookies right now that we're looking at. And then we also going to be too young to be number one yet for the most part. So it's going to be right around that time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go into our next question, Garrett, let's have a word from one of our sponsors. That's my bookie. My bookie is back. Winning season returns at my bookie. When winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor, super contest, and squares. At my bookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up, watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice! It's time to celebrate the NFL season. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code nerds and double your first deposit. Listen, when you're using these sites, the gamble, it's always good to find a site where you can double your your deposit, right? You've been playing on these other sites, your competitors, you've been playing for the while. Guess what? You can't double your deposit. Well, at my bookie, you can using that code nerds and double your first deposit. New players get up to a thousand dollars in free play designed to add more excitement to the sport you love and the game you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Cash. Use that promo code NERDS and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. Yeah, you can play DFS and all those other things, but when you can bet futures about who's going to win the Super Bowl and get some odds, that's where you do it at my bookie. Check them out today. Use that promo code NERDS and get some free cash. Matt, do you like free cash? I love. Garrett, you like free cash? Give me that money. Free I think cash. free cash is okay. I'm just kidding. I love free cash. I'm using that promo code NERDS at my bookie, and I'm getting all that extra cash in my pocket, and I'm putting all in the brown and win AFC North, and I'm just to double my free money. Booyah. Done and done. It's probably good odds, right? Absolutely. Okay. 
You know what else, you know what else I love? Yeah. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I like Johnny Cash covering uh, uh, Hurt okay. by Nine Inch Nails. That is a good one. It's a very good one. Yeah. I like all his music, though. All right. Here we go. Back to the questions. Uh, Bo Skin 111. That's that's his name. Peter <laughs> Peter B. Boskin 111. Boskin. Boskin. Uh all right. If you had to pick a team uh that could be a potential offensive powerhouse over the next 3 years, who would you pick? And this is outside of the obvious ones that we know. Listed were were KC and New Orleans. I'm going to also throw in there like I think the Rams and and probably Dallas would be out uh, too. This one's easy for me. Kind of obvious. Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a great pick. Yeah, they just signed Joe Burrow to a contract extension. Joe Burrow, like we've been saying forever, is the truth, right? Even a camp report on camps right now are saying he's better than I thought they would be. Now it's early and you want to pop up your quarterback, but to me, Joe Burrow is, we said in a super flex all along, these great quarterbacks are, all, are great and all, but Joe Burrow is easily the 1-1 in Superflex rookie draft. So to me, Joe Burrow, they have Tyler Boyd there. Auden Tate's still a very solid number three, and they bring in T. Higgins to go with Joe Mixon. And still plenty, you know, all their draft picks to go forward to draft a really good tight end with a good draft uh, class coming out next year for tight end. They add more weapons on this offense, a really deep receiving class next year. So they could potentially add another receiver to this, go along with A.J. Green. To me, the future powerhouse I can see developing here because all future powerhouses have to start with one spot, and that's the quarterback. You yep. can't have a powerhouse without a good quarterback, and that, to me, is Joe Burrow. And every all the talent around him is young enough to keep that powerhouse momentum going. So my team is Cincinnati. That's a great pick. That was my first cut as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that that's the, that's the chalk one. Um, Cincinnati, <laughs> super easy. Uh, I'm just trying to buy time. <laughs> Do you want me to go? Yeah, go. No, I, I mean, I like, I like. Obviously, I like teams like the 49ers. Um, is Jimmy Garoppolo that that guy? That's what we're kind of so trying to figure out. Starts with the quarterback, out. man. It starts with the back. quarterback, but it also you have to look at at, at who's is, who's calling plays and who's running the offense as well. So, I, I mean, I love the Kyle Shanahan offense. It's a matter of time before they get an established running back in there, and then you have the running back. Um, George Kittle is obviously a beast, and they have put in a lot of assets into their wide receiver core. And, and I do think once those guys get a little bit established, you know, a couple of years down the line, that they could be a powerhouse as well. So it, it feels unfair to say this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Browns. Like we have a good quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Yes, he underperformed last year, but we know that just about anything that could go wrong did go wrong. You have all the reports about OBJ this year are one, he shut his mouth, which has been a beautiful thing. He hasn't really said much at all this offseason. Supposedly looks great. You established that offensive line in the offseason, which was really the Achilles heel to all of this. You have some good tight ends, and you have literally probably the best backfield in the NFL with with Hunt and Chubb like there are a lot of pieces and I didn't even mention Jarvis Landry the guy that's been uh another guy that's been looking good in camp uh, supposedly is Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, so I mean there are a lot of pieces on this offense that I want in fantasy league that's why I don't think I don't think that's right I think if you went around and you took a national poll and I think if just any anyways besides the Chiefs if you went around in any dynasty player or fantasy player and say hey, you pick one team you have all their players i think the browns would be the number two back like i think baltimore majority. might be ahead of them it's okay then they're a third team if, if for some people i would pick the browns number two overall but i'm just saying i think they're already there but i think they are too but i i mean 
we see where Baker's getting picked in a lot of leagues. Everybody's down on OBJ. Well, everybody's down on Nick Chubb because Kareem Hunt's there, so they don't want him. And like literally all of the assets have been trending in the wrong direction. Everybody's worried about Hooper because Ninjoku's there. Like I I don't know. I, I think I think all of these assets are, are better values than they're being taken right now. Well um, well, you just laid it out though. There's oh there's there's uncertainty, and I think that's why they're going down because there's un, there's another guy almost at every position that right. could be taking the ball away from him. They're just not sure if who's going to be the established guy that's going to be the you know the the person getting all the targets or the person getting all the carries on a game to game basis. That could be changing, and for fantasy, that sucks, man. So yeah. I can see why you know outside of Baker Mayfield, all the other guys are are slightly depressed in, in, in their value right now. Sure. Well, I got another team for you that might be a little shocking for Boskin. Is it the Jets? And if he was, uh, I know who I know who it is if, right if, now. If it was Dwight's brother, you, who's kind of Amish, should be Moskin. Uh, you and me. He's not circumcised. Um, I I bet I bet I can read your mind right now. Okay, go I bet I know me. who it is. You can say the Denver Broncos. One hundred percent not. It's my it's the Miami Dolphins. I I thought about that one as well. You know, you bring in Tua. Yep. You have a young, athletic, spark, high spark score tight end in Mike Kosicki. You got Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, who hasn't practiced in a while. But on top of that, they have a plethora of draft picks. Good amount, good, decent running backs coming out next year. Dra- next year's draft class should be absolutely flooded with, with talent. So they have a lot of draft picks as well. So they can add some receivers. They got a good running back in here. Give a guy like Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. Uh, Chainwell just came out, right? Um, Kenneth Gainwell. Gainwell, sorry, uh, just came out here. So there's going to be a lot of talent there. I think Miami, with it all starts with the quarterback, right? So if two can come out and be a solid quarterback, they're on the up. Denver's another good choice if mm-hmm. Drew Locke can put together with how many weapons they have back out there. Uh, I think down the road, though, they're going to have to probably still address that running back situation. Absolutely. But besides that, yeah, of course, Denver could be one as well. And even Oakland? Oakland. Oakland. Yeah. yeah, that was one that I was thinking about yeah. as well. It just seems like these, you know, the college, the college classes just get – you know, stronger and stronger when it comes to offensive weapons. So it's, there's the team. There's a lot of teams out there putting together, and then there's teams like the Jets not putting together whatsoever. But there's a lot of teams putting like nice young cores that you're really intrigued with. You know, like the, the Broncos are one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'll, I'll take all those guys. I'll take all the receivers. I'll take their tight end. I'll take their. You know, the one one you would probably the biggest question mark is the quarterback. Absolutely. So right. next question, Garrett. All right, from Doctor Taters. 192. Uh, are you fading 21 picks since there is so much unknown? Or are you trying to uh, gain and accumulate as much as possible? Yeah, I work out for gains. Richard, right. You're trying to get some gains on those taters. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. The bigger the taters, the better. The bigger hey, the taters. He's a doctor. Show him some respect. The yeah. better. Okay, Doc. Dr. Taters. Give me my prescription. That's more <laughs> draft picks, son. 21, 21. This draft class is going to be loaded. I mean, look at these receivers in here. Look yeah. at these receivers. And and if you can These get- running backs, these tight ends, these quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence is one of the best quarterback prospects since Andrew Luck. If you can use the uncertainty of this whole thing in order to get more draft picks because people in your your league are nervous and and they don't want to do the necessary homework to, to to draft next year, then absolutely take advantage of that. Get some get some, you know, unload some old old guys for some draft picks and, and get yourself a nice little Dude, come. I can use the pressure for you right now. Just get on the dynastyners.com, get in the dynastyners film room. We have tape on every one of these rookies coming out. We just had 10 more films uploaded today. Yep. Trevor Lawrence versus Ohio State. We have some good film, and we officially opened up the film room again. We're going to be pumping out film in there every day. Yep. Every day, there's new film that gets into the Dyson Nerds film room. So 
even though there's not going to be a lot of dynasty film or a lot of college games played on tape, we're going to have all of their last year games, including anybody who plays this year on tape in the dynasty nerds film room. We might even go above and beyond where most of the average players get about four games. The good players give about seven. We might go up to six for even just the average guys to make sure we have enough film in there for this year to make that exception for the rules. So yeah, I'm excited about the, the dynasty nerds film to get you prepared and we will be doing our study as well. So you'll have the dynasty nerds film room and of course you have our podcast and other podcast as well to help you get ready so just because they're not playing enough games do not use that as an excuse that this next year's class isn't just as talented as this year's class well and and even our film nerd show i mean we'll literally be teaching you how to break down film on these guys so i mean there's there's not going to be any excuses to not be well informed about this class and even today i mean there there's now the the latest reports and it was it was by peter king or it was some somebody well known like that rich eisen somebody said that they're strongly looking at potentially october 10th that the Big Ten now plays football again. Nice. Yeah, so well, if everybody else is doing it, they're not going to do it's, it. It's all over the place with, with all this, but I'm not fading any one of these guys. And if anything, you might get some great players at the end of your drafts this year just because there'll be people that guys that maybe didn't get a chance as much or you know their season got canceled so we won't get to see them blah 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 and and people won't know about them as much and you could find some really really great gems in the second third rounds of this year's draft. Yeah, people that put the time in this year will be coming away from the draft picks that don't listen to podcasts that don't put the time in really, really rewarded. Yep. Next question. All right. Next question here. Uh, let's see. Oh, shoot. I missed the one. Oh, okay. Uh, this is from Kyle Valores. Uh, Kyle Valores asks from each division, who is a second or third year wide receiver that are poised to break out this season from each division is that from each division. Now that's going to be hard to do off the top of my head. We don't, we don't necessarily have to go, but, but give us some names of some second and third year guys that you think are poised to really break out this year. Uh, Jay jaw was, yeah. was the guy that um, obviously he's getting a big time opportunity, especially early in the season here. JJ or Sega white side for J- the Eagles. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. JJ or Sega white side um, with, with Rhaegar going down here with a, with a shoulder injury early on, obviously Alshon Jeffries most likely going to miss, you know, probably the first month of the season, at least at least yeah. Um, it's going to be basically him and Deshaun Jackson for as long as he can hold up in the starting lineup there. So he's going to be the, the, the one that jumps right off the page at, at me as a second year guy that could have a potential breakout. Um, I, I still really like James Washington. I, I know that there's a lot of wide receivers in Pittsburgh, but there's been some good reports in camp and you know, he's kind of the overlooked guy because Juju's the big name. Deontay Johnson's the new hotness and they drafted Chase Claypool. And so I get it. There's a lot of guys, but James Washington was actually quietly their most productive wide receiver last year. He led, yeah, he led the team in, in at least receiving it was yards, yards, I believe it was just yards, not Deontay Johnson had more reception. So I think where's about James Washington. Cause I love him. Love them coming to Oklahoma mm-hmm. state. Obviously Matt, you know, we talked him up pretty good. It's just, there's a lot of talk coming out of Pittsburgh that Mike Tomlin loves Chase Claypool. Sure. Like loves it. And they're making sure he's going to get on the field. So like somebody's going to suffer here. But the thing is they play such different roles. Like Claypool's going to be used a lot in the red zone. James Washington is more of that deep threat guy, which you're not going to see as much out of Deontay Johnson or, or even Juju. I think, I think that's, what's going to make him different from those other three is he's going to be able to make those big plays downfield. And that, and that is his role for a guy that's only, you know, five ten, five eleven. 
he is a contested catch guy as well. Mm-hmm. So he gets downfield. He can make the big time catches where he's jumping over people and he has a great my ball can, uh, mentality. So yeah, James Washington, uh, very excited. I guess. Yeah. I look for Paris Campbell for the Colts to take a big step forward this year, mm-hmm. you know, maybe finish this year as a high end wide receiver three, uh, essentially, but start making those steps forward and to be an established receiver. He was having a nice camp also until he got into a car accident and missed some time with a little bit of a concussion. So Anthony Miller for the Bears, uh, former Memphis wide receiver. I could see him, his established route running with no really set other receiving option besides, honestly, Tariq Cohen on the backfield because Jimmy Graham is not really going to get done. If, if, if Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles can get going there in Chicago, I see him taking a step forward as well. That, he worries me a little bit just in the fact that um, – I feel like they're going to be ping-ponging between quarterbacks for much of the season. So I'm just not sure how much of a flow there is going to be in that offense that it's going to be able to sustain like two two guys. One, one guy whose value has really, really tanked, and it's hilarious because he's so good, is Debo Samuel. Like right now, nobody's talking about Debo because he got hurt. But reports are he's running, he's moving. Like there's a chance he could be ready for week one. And now Ayuk's hurt. Right. Let's not forget how much of a man he was in the playoffs last year. And there's really no other wide receiver like Kendrick Bourne. Like there, there's really nobody else. So it's going to be it's going to be Kittle. And I think it's still going to be Debo. And right now the price is very depressed compared to AJ Brown, DK, Terry McLaurin. Like it's much lower than those guys at the moment. Well, I feel like his value is not depressed at all. Uh, in my eyes, personally, and there's I, I want him, but hurt. I'm saying in the general community, I'm seeing him go really late in drafts. Oh, if that's the case, go put some offers out yep. for Debo Samuel right away. That that Debo is absolutely fantastic. Yep, uh, that he, guy to me is like a he's a, he's a stud man. He's in, a stud in, in the waiting. Absolutely, yeah, it, yeah. If that's if that's the truth right now, ADP. I guess I haven't checked in on Debo for a while. Um, I would see who the owner is, and I would definitely put some offers on there. I would give up. I would give up my 21 first and my 21 second for Debo. And that's a strong class next mm-hmm. year. I'd have no problem doing that whatsoever. He's that talented. And that offense, to be the number one receiver um, from a fantasy perspective, I like Ayuk, what he can do. But I think Ayuk's be a little bit more situational, kind of think of like a Will mm-hmm. Fuller role, kind of maybe in Houston, if healthy, which is solid, but more of a roller coaster. I think Debo Samuel is going to be the fantasy asset you want to own at, you know, besides George Kittle in San Francisco, put an offer in. All right. Uh, how, how many more do we got time for? Uh, we got about five minutes. All right. We'll do we'll do this one last one because I, I think this is an interesting question. Uh, from Pistol Pete 26 what is the best way to target running backs when you are wide receiver heavy without having to overpay when no one is willing to trade RBs away? Do you try to add extra rookie picks to sweeten the deal more than you normally would? Well... If nobody's willing to give up a running back, you're gonna have to overpay. If you need a running back and nobody's selling, you have to over. You have to make them sell. You don't have to overpay. Yeah, I mean this this goes back to what I said earlier in the podcast about you know when you're there, when you're knocking on the door, and you're ready to actually contend, and that's something you have to be. You got to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you know if you're just if you're just wide receiver heavy and you just want to have a running back to fill out your your starting lineup and have it look good, but you're still kind of weak at tight end and quarterback. It, it wouldn't make sense to overpay. But if you're if you're knock knock knocking on heaven's door and it's really just the running back, that one running back, then yeah, you sell you sell sell one of your assets that you have extra of, and and you're going to have to sweeten the deal and overpay to make your starting lineup better and, and actually contend. Um, for, for me with, with this specific question, I'm probably, if it's a league that and most leagues do heavily value their running backs, don't want to trade them away unless they're getting, you know, King's ransom for them. 
then don't trade for the running backs. Go trade for rookie picks that you think are going to be in the top six of next year's class. Like that's the type of moves because I, I think you have a better shot of getting somewhat closer to equal value than you will like saying, okay, I'm going to trade you for Jonathan Taylor. Okay, then you're going to have to give me, you know, A.J. Brown and a first round pick. And that's going to be tough to do. No, that that is tough to do. Uh, but if he's ready to compete this year, that that strategy, you know, obviously it doesn't help. say if he's ready to or not. See, I think it's like, more about just being smart. And like I said, everyone wants to go for those splashy trades like the Joe Mixon's, the Miles Sanders, like just be smart about who you go after. Like I'm going to a guy who's who's still really good, but the value's still viable. Tariq guy Cohen. Like Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. No, what, what about a, I mean, like I mean, if you're in desperate need, a guy like Matt Breda. We've talked about him before, right. yeah. And you don't have to give up any good receiver for Matt Breda. You can give him for probably a decent high second round pick. Sure. Uh, or just a second round pick and a third round. You know, a second if you're desperate to overpay. If you're desperate to overpay, pay with something that's not over the cost of like, Hey, I'll give you Matt Brady. What do you want? A second? Oh no. I, okay. I'll give you a second and third. Oh, okay. I'll take that. You know, is it maybe a slight overpay? Yeah, but you have some upside there. Um, guys that maybe you, you see their role early. Like, again, I'm still, I'm telling you, man, next, like, I'm still in on Jarek McKinnon. Uh, all reports out of San Francisco every week. is he So you wouldn't trade for dynamic. Cohen, but you would trade for Mixon. Yeah, I like Mc, I like McKinnon more than Cohen. Or, with you. McKinnon, okay. Yeah, um, if you're if I'm I being think, honest, I think McKinnon or I think uh, Cohen's a great Cohen, buy. In he's this a situation. No, he, no, he's a good buy too. I'm not saying he's not, but I like. I mean, I'm a, I'm I'm going down the ship, so I'm gonna I'm going okay. out with my my. I, I would rather got if I have good wide receivers. I want a guy that I know for sure is going to get like uh, have a good floor. And that's where Burita well, and McKinnon, I don't think. Okay. Or, uh, but uh, we're just Cohen. saying, we're not going to. Now, if you're just strictly going good wide receiver, right? So let's say a, a team that's absolutely loaded, say his fourth wide receiver is A.J. Brown. Let's okay. just say that. So you have A.J. Brown as uh, an asset here. Who are you going after? I'm going after a guy like Austin Eckler, right? Just signed a long-term contract. So I have, I have the safety net of his contract as my safety net where I know I'm going to get at least probably two years out of Eckler. I know he's very viable in the passing game. So even if he fails in a running game, I know for a fact that he's viable in the passing game and just in the passing game that he could be a running back one. This is a guy who did it three years ago, two years ago with Melvin Gordon on the roster. He was still giving you running back one numbers as a number two last year. Begin the season. He was a top three running back going into it. Even when Melvin Gordon back, he still came into the league. He was very viable for that. So I think a guy like Austin Eckler is in there. I think a guy like Nick Chubb is you're flirting with that range with an AJ Brown is somebody who's not more viable in a PPR game, but really solid in their ground game. I think you might be able to make a move for a guy like AJ Brown if you throw a little bit on top for a guy like Nick Chubb. You probably get a guy like Kenyon Drake if you want to gamble, right? For an AJ Brown straight up. Do you lose that trade? Yes, slightly, but if if Kenyon Drake signed resigns in Arizona, that trade looks way more fair and equal now for Kenyon Drake with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins for AJ Brown. So it's just about being realistic about who you can get, right? Mm -hmm. And like and being okay with taking that mild loss in the trade. You know, like, oh, you just trade AJ Brown for an Austin Eckler? What are you doing? That guy's young and talented. You can't give up a future wide receiver one, Matt's future wide receiver one overall for a guy like Austin Eckler. It's like, yeah, dude, I'm trying again. It goes back to the one thing. What are we trying to do? We're trying to win, not win trades. We're trying to win championships. Right. That's what I'm trying to do. All right. So that's it. Those are uh, thanks for the question. Sorry if we didn't get to your question. Oh, yeah. There yeah. was another 40 questions that we just didn't get a chance. So, to get to. um, Next week, we will be back with our bold prediction episode. We're going to go double dip here. Uh, maybe still do some more camp news in the second episode because sure. it doesn't stop. So it depends how 
you know, we might do a couple more into the nerd episode. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we got one more week until the season's here. Next Thursday, it's the season. Unbelievable. Next Thursday. So um, a little over a week away. Houston and Kansas City. Nice. So That'll I cannot, be a good matchup, too. It's going to be a fun yeah, game. Yeah, I cannot wait. In the meantime, you know, let's make sure your rosters are ready to go. Your teams are set. Maybe make some trades here. Keep watching this preseason. Preseason news can get you some good trades. Make sure you join the Nerd Herd. Never bet better time than joining the Nerd. And if you don't want to join the Nerd, sign up for the Dynasty GM tool. But right now, we're giving everybody an opportunity. You don't even have to sign up for the Dynasty GM and pay for it. We have it right now. It's a free trial. All you have to do is sign up. You get a free three-day trial to try out the Dynasty GM. We've now taken away, like, doesn't matter what platform you use, you can import your team. You can import your entire league in 10 minutes on the Dynasty GM. It's that easy to import your league manually. Uh, Flea Flicker will be up this week, so it'll automatically import Flea Flicker. We got MFL and Sleeper on there right now. Uh, of course, those are two private, private favorite platforms. Sleeper is the best, probably fl- one of the best fle- free free yep. platforms, them and Flea Flicker. And of course, My Fantasy League is the best hosting platform you can possibly get right now, but it's a paid platform. But it's my favorite platform is MyFantasyLeague.com. The Dynasty GM will not only get you ready for the season, it will carry you through the season then and beyond. Always know where your team stands. The win now rankings are coming by the time the season starts as well. Dynasty Nerds right now has everything you need, not only to better your team, but to dominate your league as well. The Dynasty GM, the Nerd Score, the Dynasty Nerd Film Room. You know, we're taking care of you today, tomorrow, in years down the road, which is what Dynasty Fantasy Football is. So get on DynastyNerds.com today. Check it out. Check out the store. Buy some cool Dynasty Nerds gear. That shirt Matt's wearing right now is absolutely fantastic. You're going to get so many high fives walking out the store, even though it's late at night. Just control yourself over there, okay? Control yourself. Control yourself. You control yourself. COVID is going on. You're being on. ridiculous. <laughs> We're trying <laughs> to right. high five me all over the place, people. Yeah, that's true. Check out the Dynasty Nerds YouTube channel. we got some more shows in the plan here. This show itself will be coming here soon. Uh, once we get the studio done here, we got to get this desk built. Yeah. Wait. It's, on the, it's hey, on the way. Look good. Feel good. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so feel much good, coming. Good. A little over a week away. So, we look good, play good? Going. Yeah. It look good. Like feel good. Feel good. Play good. Mm. In the meantime, you want to talk Dynasty Fantasy Football? Uh, I'm on Twitter. At Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. I'm at Dynasty Bryce. If you live in the Cleveland area, I'll be on Fox Sports Ohio tonight. My TV show uh, is coming back officially today. I'll be on TV. See how ugly I am. baby. Yeah. I'll be talking sleepers tonight. Nice. Yeah. Don't be anyway. falling to sleepers. Don't do that. That's no. silly. Mm-hmm. Great play on words. Thank you. <laughs> Adios.